0: Hi there, and welcome to the Pursuit of Wholeness podcast. My name is Sally Twelman, and I am obsessed with all things wellness, the basics like food, nutrition, and fitness, and all the other things that help us feel well and be our best, like mind-body medicine, meditation, breath work, mindfulness, thought work, and some more tangible things, like finding balance and creating better habits, and figuring out how to do all the things so that we can feel our best as women, as mothers, and as multifaceted humans. Believe me, I understand this balancing act because in addition to being a dietitian and an integrative wellness coach, I am also a mom of three busy kids. I'm just trying to do my best every day. But I'm super excited you're here as I share my knowledge and experience, and as we seek and learn together how to feel well, be healthy, and live a fulfilling life in our own pursuit of wholeness. Let's get started. Hello, my friends. So today we're going to talk about something that is so prevalent in my conversations with my clients that I can't believe I haven't talked about this before and that is stress management and how it impacts eating and how it influences emotional eating so today i want to really start with some of the science behind some of the reasons why we turn to food when we feel stressed and then some really good ways of managing that Stress and emotional eating are really one of the biggest reasons that I find my clients really struggle to stay on track. It's also one of the biggest reasons why I struggle to stay on track with nourishing my body. And so this is something that I feel like people really have to look at and work on because we can have all of the information in the world about what to eat how we should eat, but if we don't have our emotional well-being really at the forefront and really well managed, then we will always find ourselves turning to food for comfort and feeling bad about it. So what is the science? <laughs> Why do we emotional eat? Why do we feel stressed? or maybe don't consciously feel stressed, but turn to food to help us feel better. So it's part of our body's natural response when we release stress hormones like cortisol. So our stress response is really hardwired into our biology. This is one of our survival mechanisms. I'm sure everybody has heard about the fight, flight, freeze, and how Whenever we are activated, our body releases certain hormones. One of those hormones is cortisol. And cortisol is really referred to as the stress hormone. And cortisol plays a key role in stress and our desire to emotionally eat, to make ourselves feel better. Whenever our cortisol levels rise, we crave comfort foods. So high cortisol levels, whether it is chronically high cortisol or spikes of higher cortisol, will cause us to crave higher calorie, higher comfort foods. And these foods are often sugary foods, foods that are high in fat, high in salt, and they give us a temporary sense of pleasure and of comfort. They release some neurotransmitters in our brain, dopamine, serotonin. Another reason why we, they think that we turn to comfort foods for whenever we are feeling stressed is in our past, whenever things were stressful, the fact that we were hyper-focused on finding these calorie-dense and really energy-dense foods were beneficial to us because we were preparing for hardship. But in our life right now, (laughs) we are constantly surrounded by not just stress, stress. We are more stressed, more activated than we ever have been, And, and we're surrounded by these high calorie comfort foods constantly. So our our stress is higher and our our the <laughs> availability to these foods is so high. <laughs> so why do we, let me just dig a little deeper into why do we really crave and gravitate towards? comfort foods when we are feeling stressed. And it's because our bodies, we have been hardwired through biology and also experience to know that by choosing some of these comfort foods, they will lead to a release in the good feeling neurotransmitters in our brain like dopamine, serotonin, and this will create a temporary sense of comfort and pleasure and really gives us a quick release from some of these stressors. So, and in fact, this is what the research shows. There are studies that that show that people who experience chronic stress are more likely to overeat and also choose more unhealthy foods, like I said, the foods that are high in sugar, the higher higher fatty foods. And so, if you have experienced that where you are going through a period of of stress or even a moment of stress, you will be like, ooh, I have cookies at home. Or when I get home, I'm going to X, Y, Z. So that is not only your experience. It is supported by science. Okay. So science knows it. You know it. <laughs> what are some of the other reasons why we seek out? And when and I just want to be vulnerable here. I think the reason why not only do I have clients that that gravitate towards me who really struggle with emotional eating and I talk about it so much with my clients is because this is something that that I have struggled with since I was a kid. So it is something that I really, I understand on both a scientific level, but also a really personal level. So if you are in this boat, girl, I'm in this boat too. (laughs) So why do we seek this out? So first, and I think really foremost, is that when we are feeling overwhelmed, stressed, we are seeking out some sort of emotional regulation. When we are stressed or anxious or sad or feeling overwhelmed, we will seek out these foods as a temporary escape from these negative or overwhelming emotions. The texture, the uh, taste, These are all very familiar to us and they are soothing to us whenever we are feeling distressed. Also our brain chemistry. So we seek out the foods that we already know are going to help soothe us and help release some of the pleasure and reward chemicals like dopamine. So this is something that is very, very biological. And whenever we have that wiring, where we have already associated food with comfort and everybody has some level of this, but some people that wiring becomes very strong due to habit. And then also due to, I think some people are just more prone to that, but we begin seeking it out. It becomes a very unconscious response. We also have childhood associations where something has made us feel good. So we seek that out when we are feeling bad. And then this becomes our habitual response. Whenever something triggers us, we eat something and food becomes something that we rely on to manage our emotions. So how do we stop this process? How do we begin to first notice that this is What we are doing, and this is limiting our feelings of success around our health goals. And then, how do we begin to flip this? So, first, it is noticing what our stressors are. Everybody's stressors are very unique. And so, we have to take some time to first become very aware of what things are stressing us out, what are basic emotional landscape is. And I'm going to talk a little bit about this later. And then also we're going to start preventing some of the times that we feel overwhelmed, that we are triggered to eat, overeat. And then we are going to work really hard to reset our overall emotional landscape. So we really have to have this multi-pronged approach to managing this because we can begin to notice when we're stressed, begin to have a good in-the-moment way to change. But if our emotional landscape is constantly high, then we're going to feel constantly activated. So what does this mean? So say our emotional field is from like 1 to 10. 10 being super high feeling feeling totally overwhelmed on the verge of tears, really activated, very stressed out. 1 you are feeling really really good. Life is good. Nothing can really bother you. If our basic emotional landscape or how we feel most of the time is sitting at a 3, then when we're bumped up three points due to work stress, life stress, we're at a six. And that feels really hard. So we do something to bring that stress response down. If we are constantly sitting at a six where we're feeling very anxious all the time, we're worried all the time, and something happens to bump us three points, we're at a nine. And so working to bring our overall emotional landscape back to uh, one, two, or three, Mm -hmm. that's our basic state. That does so much for helping us to, whenever we do get activated, which we always will, there will always be something that is causing us to feel overwhelmed, then we are really better able to control things for us. So first, I want to talk about some things that you can do to Help you in the moment when you're feeling overwhelmed, and then we're going to talk about some things that that really help us to um, feel better overall. Okay, so first is doing deep breathing exercises. This is something that I think is really really helpful to do to get into the habit of doing consistently, but also when you're feeling overwhelmed. So deep breathing, breathing. And diaphragmatic breathing is one of the most powerful ways to reset your nervous system. And research shows that a really, really helpful technique is the four, seven, eight technique. And this is where you breathe in for four seconds, you hold your breath for seven seconds, and you breathe out for um, eight seconds. And you repeat this several times. So when you are feeling overwhelmed, just taking, even like 10 breaths, 10 of these cycles, the four, seven, eight cycle, is so helpful to just kind of bringing us down from that nine to maybe a seven or six. And then, then we can really evaluate what has triggered us. Another thing is mindfulness meditation or really let me just take off the word meditation cuz the word meditation i feel like people go to a place of like oh i have to sit and and meditate and i think that's an important type of meditation but just being mindful so you have done your 478 technique and you've brought yourself back to a place of of calmness or semi calmness then you can really begin to notice. So mindfulness is just the noticing of what is going on in a non-judgmental way. And this, this practice really increases our awareness and lets us be more cognizant of what could have brought us here. So you have relaxed yourself a little bit, then just get really mindful about what's happening in your body, how does your stomach feel? How does your chest feel? How does your head feel? How does your body feel in general? And what could have brought you here? And then just have some more soothing conversations with yourself. And this is the next one, is really having some positive self-talk. So say to yourself, oh, that's hard, but you are safe. I love you whatever will make you feel good in that moment, but really challenging some of those negative thoughts will help get you out of that moment. Next, and this is another really good research-backed technique, and this is something that I find really helpful for people at night when they're trying to go to bed, is progressive muscle relaxation. And this is the practice where you, you intentionally tense up your body, And then you relax it and you tense up your body and you relax it. And this is supposed to help practice releasing some of those calming reflexes. But I think to be, again, cognizant enough that you are feeling overwhelmed or feeling stressed to really start using some of these techniques helps us then well, one, be aware that this is where we are and we're not just reacting by seeking out snacks or or yelling or overeating or things like that. So those are some really helpful techniques to help us in the moment. But we have to, like I said, start bringing down our nervous system response overall. And so some really important things, and this is, I talk about this all the time, but One really, really powerful thing is daily meditation. I started meditating 10 or so years ago, and I can honestly say that it completely changed my life. So I do this first thing in the morning, and it just sets the tone for your day. Another really important way to manage your overall stress is physical activity. Regular activity is such a powerful force in helping to release tension and stress, but also to release a lot of the positive mood lifters like um, endorphins and uh, dopamine, serotonin. It helps to regulate so many of those negative stress responses. It decreases cortisol overall, and you don't have to do anything too intense. I do recommend just from a metabolic standpoint to have some more intense things. But on the daily, walking, moving, dancing, yoga, so important. Another really important thing, sleep. Getting adequate sleep, getting good quality sleep, this helps your brain reset itself. So if you aren't getting good sleep, oh my gosh, prioritize this. And I plan on doing a whole episode about how to optimize sleep because this is such a, <laughs> such a hard thing for so many people. So stay tuned for that. Next is nourishing your body. And this is actually going to be a full episode next week all about what foods really negatively impact your stress response and then what foods positively impact your stress response. So nourishing your body. Next is focusing on time management. How can you fix your schedule and how you use your time to help you feel less stressed? Next is social support. Oh my gosh. This is, I feel like feeling disconnected from people and Being isolated and being lonely is such a hugely corrosive epidemic in our society today. So really seeking out some good relationships, maybe reconnecting with old relationships, and finding someone to talk to is so important to managing these stress responses. Some other things are finding creative outlets, limiting screen time, Journaling. Oh my gosh. Journaling is so important. Finding humor. Like, I know when I feel like I have become a little chronically stressed, I stop listening to political podcasts. I stop listening to more serious books and I watch a few comedies. <laughs> I get into a bit of a comedy kick because that just kind of lightens my overall mood and that helps so much. And next is an last but certainly not least, (laughs) is developing a spiritual practice. And this is something that can be kind of charged for people. And I'm not necessarily talking about finding religion, whatever works for you. But I think having something that is that helps you stay connected and stay grounded to something bigger than yourself, this could be nature, this could be breath, this could be the energy in the world. This could be the universe. I think this is a huge component that is missing from our world today is being spiritually connected to something greater than ourselves that helps to foster an inner peace and also helps us build resilience. So this can be built through prayer, through meditation, through spending time with nature. Whatever works for you is what works. So those are just a few ways of helping you manage your stress so that you can manage your overeating and emotional eating. So before we leave today, I want to just do a few minutes of a very simple meditation just so you can see what meditation looks like because I think a lot of times people feel overwhelmed around meditation. I can't possibly do it. And one of the misunderstandings around meditation is that they think that their brain has to be turned off. That is absolutely not true. Meditation is simply just practicing one thought. Training your brain to have one thought instead of the million racing thoughts that we often have. So let's just do a really simple three-minute meditation. So take some time to close your eyes or maybe if you are working out or driving or whatever you're doing during this podcast, maybe you could pause what you're doing or maybe you can just practice focusing on what I'm saying. Okay. So I just want you to take some deep breaths. We're going to start out by taking three deep breaths in and out. If you feel comfortable closing your eyes, close your eyes. If you don't, just soften your gaze and focus on one spot. Breathe in. Breathe out, already feeling calm. And now I want you to just breathe normally and feel the sensations in your body. Focusing on your breath, the sensation of it coming in your nose and out your nose. when thoughts begin to float in just push them away like you would push out clouds in your mind's eye and focus on the fact that you are giving yourself peace and love right now you are being kind to yourself, allowing whatever you need to come into your life, to come into your mind, and releasing what doesn't serve you. We're going to spend one more minute just breathing... Focusing on your core. And when those thoughts float in, just push them away. Just continue to breathe. About 10 more seconds. Everything else can wait. When you hear the bell, feel free to open your eyes. Shake out your neck. And so that was just a small sample of just learning how to breathe and relax. And you were able to tune into your calming reflexes and internal wisdom whenever you want. And I think starting your day like that is such a powerful way to set the tone for your day and set a practice for your life that is so is so empowering. So I hope this episode has been super helpful to you and please share it with your friends and family whoever you feel like this would be helpful to. And as always, I feel so honored that you join me every week this is such a joyful me to share this time with you. And as always, I wish you so much health and happiness on your own pursuit of wholeness. I'll see you next time.